episode number 139 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman, and today I am speaking with Lee Condon, who is the Chief Information Officer at Red Hat Software. And we're going to be discussing the role of the CIO and IT and digital transformation and all kinds of exciting things. Lee, how are you today? Michael, I'm great. Thanks. I'm uh, looking forward to our conversation. As am I and the audience as well. So, Lee, you're in a pretty interesting position being CIO of Red Hat, which, of course, is one of the primary suppliers of software for the Internet that uh, runs many of the websites that we use every day. So... Let's begin by, uh, give us a, uh, a brief sense of your background. Sure. I, I am a computer science major uh, from Purdue. I also have an MBA from Northwestern. Uh, I've worked for uh, large technology companies like IBM, and I worked in financial services for Citi, for the NASDAQ stock market, and for Capital One for a number of years as well. Uh, I've been at Red Hat for about eight years as CIO, and uh, it's been quite a journey. I like to think of it as really three different jobs as we went through the various phases of growing the company. But, uh, but uh, I would say technology background and uh, some financial services experience really summarizes what I've done in my career. Okay, so you have a pretty broad-based background, both in business and technology. Tell us about Red Hat. Sure. Red Hat is a company of about 8,000 folks. We provide enterprise software solutions, and and you know we don't sell software. Many of uh, your uh, audience may know that we provide services associated with open source software for Linux operating system, JBoss middleware, and a variety of cloud products. Eight thousand people headquartered in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our second largest location is Bruno in the Czech Republic, but we're in eighty locations around the globe. Many of our associates work remotely as well. And we are really focused on, I think, two things that you would say are essential to our business model. Our ability to operate in communities that develop open source solutions and our subscription business model that allows us to offer those solutions to customers certified um, with bug fixes, et cetera, uh, at a very attractive price. So it, it must be interesting being the CIO of a company that employs basically technologists who are such experts in the technologies that you use, that, that everybody uses on the internet. I get lots of advice. And, uh, you know, and, and when I first got here, I mean, it takes an adjustment. We are an open organization. I'd refer you to Jim Whitehurst's book about the open organization, but but we're very much a candid exchange of views, again, going back to those open source communities. So when I first got here, I quickly learned that folks would send me an email complaining about an IT service and copied the entire organization. And your initial reaction coming from organizations with great cultures but managed differently are, you know, do you try and get that person fired? Do you call their manager and tell them to be quiet? Uh, do you uh, respond that, you know, uh, you don't understand my budget constraints, you don't have the experience that I do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it turns out that once you get beyond that and start to realize that this open culture can help you a great deal, 
you realize that unlike any other job you've had, you get real-time feedback on the quality of the solutions you're delivering to the organization, and you have a tremendous source of ideas for things that you can change and improve. So it is different. Uh, I certainly have many people that have strong opinions about my job, but I think we've been able to turn that to our benefit in the IT organization by listening to those folks, treating them as customers, engaging in an honest exchange about uh, what needs to be done, what the priorities are. And, uh, and so it's actually been a very positive experience as the way I would categorize it. So tell us about your role as CIO of, at Red Hat, what you do and your relationship to other parts of the organization. Yeah, and in terms of responsibilities, I would class ours as pretty typical for an IT organization. We own all the IT services and systems, uh, whether it's identifying prospects, whether it's uh, uh, developing customer relationships, processing orders, collecting cash, running the website, running the internal collaboration services, email, and so on, um, ensuring that we provide those sorts of services. We, you know, the distinction we make is we deliver the enterprise services, the product team delivers the product services, so build and test. Uh, we partner together on certain services like our customer portal, where they largely develop the customer experience, but we run the production. In terms of our relationship with other parts of the organization, be it sales, legal, finance, and so on, we treat them as our customers. We organize around delivering services to those organizations. We have what we call towers faced up against each of our customer organizations, typically with a tower lead, some development and program management resources to ensure that we're responsive to the needs of those customers. And then on the back end, we have the typical sorts of production services, data and analytics capabilities, and the other things you would expect, information security and so on. We have an office of the CIO to help us with the coordination and administration. But, but I would say a, a relatively straightforward IT organization, certainly comparable to ones I've seen in other organizations. So you've organized IT so that you mirror, in a sense, your customers right? So that you can, you can give feedback uh, into the product groups. Absolutely. And, and I think that plays out a couple of ways. So first of all, we are organized to match to all of our customers. So we have people that are dedicated to the needs of each of those functional groups that I mentioned. And we have a group that interfaces with the product team and is providing services to them, again, whether they be collaboration, messaging, data storage, networking, and so on. So but then my IT enablement or production team also works closely with the product team and my IT infrastructure team that delivers our software infrastructure, our JBoss enterprise service bus and so on, also works closely with the product team so that we're engaged with them. As we start to use our products, we call the, uh, the process customer one, as we start to use our pro products early in the cycle, we then can give them feedback on what works for us, what doesn't work for us, new capabilities we need, and as practitioners, work with them to improve the product. So, so we think that's a very positive relationship. And um, in addition to that direct relationship, we do participate in open source communities. So we have that option uh, within Red Hat as well. And then over the years, we've become a bit of a talent factory as well, as we've got folks in IT and as IT continues to develop as a business and technical function, 
some of our folks that really enjoy the development side of IT actually take careers in our product organization and move over there. We, get, we think that's a win for IT because they have career paths. Certainly a win for the product team because they get people who have actually been active practitioners using the product. And it's a win for Red Hat because we keep those people inside the organization. So I think there are a lot of synergies built around customer one and our use of the products. In some, we run all of our infrastructure internally on Red Hat products, uh, whether it's the operating system, the middleware, and so on. So Lee, you mentioned that IT is both a business and a technical function. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's a great question. Increasingly, you know, we're transitioning from this idea of being an industrially-based economy to being an information-based economy. And I think it's becoming critically important for businesses, governments, educational organizations, basically all enterprises, I think there are a few exceptions now, to understand that it isn't just about the product, it isn't just about the service, it's about the information wrapped around that. And we've seen disruption in a lot of industries, music, public uh, publications, publishing, taxi cabs, etc., where the fact that this information impending or impinging on the traditional industry really changes the name of the game. And so every business is becoming an IT business, and that means that IT organizations increasingly can't just deliver digitization of a process, but instead they need to understand the business, help become innovation leaders, and help drive the business in the directions that the technology enables and increasingly requires if you're going to be competitive, if you're a public company, for example. So, so IT and the business are increasingly intertwined. And, you know, you hear talk about systems of record and systems of engagement. Typically, more and more in every enterprise, you need to understand your business and how you're going to engage with your customers, prospects, and so on, if you're going to be successful. So IT is a key part of the business, just like the people team in terms of having the right human resources or the finance team in terms of having the right uh, funding for various initiatives and investments. IT has to be a part of the business. It is a service organization, but it can't be just a service organization. But one of the things that I think happens in uh, some IT organizations is the focused on infrastructure and cost cutting and efficiency overshadows the goal to be innovative and uh, really displaces innovation. How do you avoid that from taking place? Well, it's, it's a problem for both the IT organization and for the business. And I'm fortunate to have the problems of growth right now. So I've been in other situations where I've had to reduce resources, and that is not a, a pleasant opportunity as a leader. But, but what I will say is if you solely focus on reducing costs, you are probably setting the wrong tone for the long term. And, and I advise folks that even if you have a lot of technology debt, even if you have a cost problem, you've got to get innovative and put a plan in place to get yourself moving forward. One of the, one of the advantages of technology is more and more capabilities are becoming more and more available at a lower cost, driven by open source, driven by cloud computing, driven by Moore's Law, so, so this is not typically an unsolvable problem, but it does require taking the initiative and ensuring that the business doesn't just treat IT as a cost center. IT has got to step up and deliver a broader set of business services and a broader set of business value, as, as we've been discussing. 
But under those circumstances, you know, you, you can't save your way to success. You're going to have to think about not just saving money in IT, but finding the right investment pattern across your entire enterprise. So you're investing in the mobile apps, the new tools to find customers, the new solutions to engage your customers, the new uh, solutions to improve your marketing capability, whatever might be appropriate for your business. You've got to be investing in those things. Um, Otherwise, you're not likely to be as successful over the long term. Well, of course, what you're saying is true. And when I speak with IT leaders such as yourself, especially innovative IT leaders, this is always the message. And yet for many companies, this tension, many companies view IT as first and foremost uh, a way to drive efficiency. And I I wonder sometimes whether I, on the one hand, I T folks in, in some of these companies have the the sophistication in a sense to under to fully uh, interact with the business as as an equal partner. And when they do on the business side, do they have the sophistication to understand what IT can actually do for them? Yeah. You know, first of all, IT does need to be a efficiency center and a uh, and reduce cost over time. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to abdicate that responsibility at all. But but just like anything else, you've got to do that and the next thing, I think, if your enterprise is going to be successful. So if you focus too much on cost control in this new environment that I described, your business partners can likely pick a software as a solution, a software as a service solution, and do it without you. They can pick a mobile app and do it without you. And so you can quickly get into the situation where you're the caretaker of a depreciating set of assets. The interesting things that are moving the business forward are occurring elsewhere, and you've missed an opportunity. So I think despite the pain, despite the challenges, of course, as an IT organization, you need to make the investments to refurbish your portfolio, to retire your technology debt, to lower the cost of your legacy infrastructure, But that's just table stakes. In fact, you probably won't even get much credit for it in today's environment. You've also got to bring new ideas about how to drive revenue or reduce costs for the business as a whole to your business partners if you're going to be truly successful as an IT organization. If you don't, as I say, they'll typically do it without you in some fashion where there's a critical need and they have a budget. And then you'll end up with a non-integrated set of solutions, potentially security exposures, probably bad deals because they're not particularly experienced at negotiating uh, technology uh, deals. You'll have yet another example of the customer database in your enterprise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think one of the things that IT organizations have to do is identify the business opportunities, the shadow IT that we may get to as, as we go through this conversation, and treat that as an opportunity and go out and embrace those as examples of where the business is willing to spend money to improve their processes or to improve their capabilities and find a way to engage there as well as on the cost save side that we talked on, uh, talked about. So everybody, I am speaking on episode number 138 with Lee Congdon, who is the CIO of Red Hat Software. And I'd like to take a moment to ask you to like us on Facebook. I know. Like us on Facebook and sign up for the mailing list. Uh, Lee, we have a question from Bob Rothman who asks, uh, 
There are many company-focused so-called transformation programs where IT is core. How do you partner with other business functions? Yeah, we are fortunate in that uh, Red Hat is largely a digital business today and that we aren't in the mode of completely transforming our business model. We are rapidly evolving from being an operating system and a middleware service provider to becoming a cloud provider as well. So, so that change is going on within our organization. But typically it occurs, to, to answer the question, at multiple levels. Working with the, the senior leaders of the organization, I and my direct reports need to understand where the business is going, what our strategy is, where the critical needs are, where the gaps are, where the things we're not doing as well as we could be, where our strengths are, and use those to prioritize a set of ongoing projects and investments to improve the business. At all levels in the organization, we need to set the expectation with our folks that they're going to listen to the business challenge, not just to the technical challenge, that they're going to engage with business partners, whether it's how do we help the people team, how do we help the marketing team, how do we help the product team, and incorporate being a service organization into what we do. I think there are also some examples where we identify typically technology-driven innovation that's going to be relevant to the organization. Two current examples for us are uh, pushing to make Red Hat more data-driven, to increase the capability not just for reporting, but analytics and predictive analytics within our organization to drive business value. And in this world where we've got so many channels of information, so many tools to use, to focus on improving the productivity of our associates as well through better tool selection, better training, and so on, a better consistency across the organization, better enablement. Now, um, from a transformation standpoint, as we look to IT, I do believe that as organizations are moving from an industrial view of the world to an information-based view of the world, and if your organization isn't digital yet, IT has the opportunity to play a leadership role in that transformation in partnership with the business. IT can't do it by themselves, but based on their awareness of leading firms in your industry and leading firms in various uses of technology across the world, relating that back to your business problems and your, I say business, but this could apply to education, government, and other organizations as well, relate that to your business needs and help your business partners build a strategy and a path to evolve as an organization to take advantage of these great new technology capabilities that are rapidly becoming available, frankly, at lower and lower cost in many cases and with greater and greater flexibility. Okay, so the, so the cost environment is going down in terms of applications that end users within the business can purchase. What, what is your view of shadow IT and enabling or not enabling users to make these, to make purchases of technology on their own? And how do you work with the business to balance the, the various goals and constraints on both sides? Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, I think, as I said, I think of shadow IT as an opportunity. That's an example of a business partner that's willing to spend money on a technology solution 
that I haven't yet explained the value of the services I can bring uh, to the uh, to the table. Um, we think we have pretty pretty good uh, uh, visibility across our organization, and these are no longer shadow IT, but there are some business-led IT or dri business-driven IT solutions that make sense. What we try and do, and there are a range, right? Maybe something that IT runs 100% for the enterprise, and maybe something that the uh, like a small website that the business um, has contracted with an outside provider to do uh, on their own. What we like to do is look where we're going to drive value. So some of the things I touched on earlier, we have a lot of experience negotiating with technology providers. We may be able to help improve the quality of the contract or the deal that we get. Um, we require, this is one of the few areas where we do require, we require that whatever solution the business accept have the appropriate information security characteristics. But increasingly, we can bring value by integrating those solutions into for example, our single sign-on package. Uh, we also see, which we use across the enterprise, we also see that in many of these cases, the business organization will pick a provider. The brochures or the website looks great, but the realities of running IT production may be somewhat different than the, the vision that was presented by the vendor in, in cell mode. And the business folks often don't have somebody who's willing to take a page at 2.30 in the morning, local time, and resolve the problem uh, so that the uh, the service is uh, available again. Um, and you can't always do that during normal business hours, uh, East Coast US time, for example. So all of those sorts of things are things that the IT organization can provide value, um, access to other data and integrating data across the enterprise as well. So we use those tools and the trust and partnering relationships that we built up with various parts of the organization to engage with the business, give them the freedom and flexibility to move quickly, but give them the trade-offs that say, if we do this quickly, this, these are the short-term and long-term benefits and costs. Sometimes you just need to move quickly and see if it's a good idea and throw it away if it's not. Other times you know you're make, it's proven itself out and you're making a long-term investment and it's worth spending more time to get it right so it's sustainable. And we be, you know, we really try and be open and candid about those conversations with our business partners, even if they start with a shadow IT and a, a business-led project to begin with. We work with them to then fold it back into the IT portfolio over time to deliver some of the services I described and ensure it's consistent with our overall technology strategy. So another related question that people often have is. When you're working with, say, marketing, uh, what marketing always wants is rapid turnaround, for example, on the campaigns that they're putting out. And in many companies, IT is not sufficiently responsive to their needs, which is actually the, so that becomes the underlying driver for this kind of citizen IT, shadow IT, whatever we want to call it. So at Red Hat, how do you work with uh, lines with with departments and functions inside the company to make sure that they get what they want in the time frame that they need it. Yeah, marketing has been a great example of a partnership, and I would argue a success story for the process I just described. Probably eighteen or twenty-four months ago, we knew we needed to revamp RedHat.com. We um, jointly with Jackie Yaney, our CMO, worked together to devise a strategy to pick a technology strategy. Uh, to pick a, a look and feel, and to really think about the stories we wanted to tell on the new website. 
you know, I give my team a lot of credit and I give Jackie's team a lot of credit. We were able to work together to develop a strategy. This is one of the few projects where the, you know, we uh, use technology and we're able to get the technology platform up quickly. The, the long pull in the tent from a project standpoint was actually getting our content translated for all of the various languages we use around the world. So it wasn't just the IT deliverable that was uh, the inhibitor in terms of getting it done quickly, but we got it done on schedule. Uh, it was a tremendous success. And then we jointly were able to reach out to other parts of the organization. We're continuing this process now of folding in some of those microsites campaigns to ensure we're tracking them consistently, single sign-on across our web properties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that has been a true partnership with the marketing organization where we to go together to the rest of Red Hat and describe our capabilities and work as a tightly integrated team to offer, in this case, marketing services campaigns to the entire organization. It's been a great success for us. And I think that Jackie's team would say the same thing. We are interdependent in terms of our ability to deliver these services. Again, my team focuses on the technology side of it with hopefully a good awareness of the marketing and Jackie's team focuses on the marketing side of it with hopefully a good awareness of the technology. That's certainly my observation, but we are one integrated team offering a set of marketing services across Red Hat and I, and I think Jackie both view that as a great success and a great example of the type of process I was talking about. So, but how do the, how do the IT folks learn enough about the ins and outs of marketing and marketing campaigns and, the, and analytics from a marketing standpoint and marketing software? How do you learn enough that you can really contribute to the business discussion with such a, a very specialized field? Right, it's a great question. I some of it's a combination of things. So you have to hire folks that have that background, that have done that sort of work before, and that obviously they're available. They work maybe working for an agency or something like that, but many people have done that, that uh, those types of tasks before. You, you are willing to spend money to train your folks, to develop the skills necessary to support the business. You give the team in an open environment a shared set of objectives and expect them to work together. And so they learn from each other very rapidly what the priorities are and what the the current techniques are. You encourage them to engage with the industry uh, uh, through trade shows, through benchmarking with leading organizations, through talking to vendors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they all know what the trends are. As I say, it's actually, I think, getting easier for IT people over time because more and more marketing solutions in particular are technology driven uh, rather than a solely a, a quote business unquote uh, uh, knowledge, but rather they do require increased understanding of technology uh, because uh, that's one area where the state of the art is advancing very rapidly. So it, it doesn't happen without conscious thought, but if you set the expectations and recognize people for in the IT organization for their contributions, not only on the technical side, but in supporting their customers and understanding the business and ultimately leading the business, uh, we found that you get great results and you get them in a very good time frame. Okay, Lee, you mentioned the term expectations. And it seems to me one of the, uh, the big drivers of change inside IT is as technology knowledge proliferates out and we have the so-called consumerization of IT, and as you just described, 
technology in areas such as marketing is becoming more and more important. So as users become more sophisticated, they now have changing and more demanding expectations of IT. So any thoughts on, on that? Well, you know, I, I like to joke that, you know, we have a lot of uh, customer uh, customers within the organization that have plugged a wireless router into their cable connection and therefore assume that it's that easy to run a global telecom network with wireless access points in various buildings around the globe and have that all work consistently. So, so part of this is, is education uh, and ensuring that your customers, you know, transparent and your customers understand that some things aren't as easy as they might appear on the surface. Um, some of it is additional investment to make it easy for the end user if there's going to be business value there. Um, some of it, I think, is an acknowledgement that we're increasingly looking at associates who bring their own devices, bring their own technology capabilities, and bring their own services. And part of the art from a consumerization standpoint is figuring out as an IT organization, do I want to be in the to-do list business or do I just tell my associates uh, that whatever tool they use must be appropriately secure and describe how that will occur and let them make the decision as to what to-do list manager they want. Um, I similarly calendar clients, similarly email clients and so on. So I think you'll see folks that are bringing their own devices, bringing their own services and we in IT need to learn to leverage that to understand what we want to provide as an enterprise service to ensure we have appropriate information security but also allow our associates to bring the tools to the table that they need to get the job done. So I think that that consumerization is a real challenge. Uh, on the more uh, on the enterprise side, as I said, you, developing good partnerships means that you can explain to your business partners that it won't always be as easy as the vendor said it was going to be to do function X, and that these are the sorts of things we need to work together to put together a financial plan, a project plan, what outcomes we expect, what the return is going to be, education that's going to be required, and so on. Again, those are sort of basic functions for an IT organization, things we've been doing for years. But if you've never led a large IT initiative before on the business side, you may not be aware. So I think you can add value and education there. A lot of it is based on the level of partnership and an openness and a willingness to, to ask the question. So you started on this path without us. You know, you, presumably there's an opportunity for us to work together going forward. How do we need to engage to ensure we're all successful here? And that, again, that's worked very well for us in a variety of environments. What about communication? How important is communication to, to everything you're describing? It is essential and it is hard. Um, and it's hard, I think, because of the clutter. We have lots and lots of tools. We have messaging. We have business social. We can, you know, post paper in the elevators. We've got billboards in the snack bar, or, you know, electronic billboards in the snack bars. And so we have many, many channels for communication. It, it uh, you know, it always amazes me. I, I guess I've learned over the years that, you know, a, an executive is going to be crystal clear on their vision and their messages to the organization about priorities and so on. Yet it never ceases to surprise one when you get to people within your organization that have never heard that before. And it, it never ceases to uh, you know, amuse me that we can do a large communication campaign 
and a week later have an associate ask on one of the internal distribution lists a question that indicates they clearly never saw it. Uh, but, but that said, I think um, we're learning and attempting to learn from our marketing and internal communication partners the techniques that they use to message to our customers, prospects, and so on, and apply those to how we message to our associates internally. This is very early stages, but you know we only have 8,000 associates. Some probably want to get emails. Some probably want to get text messages. Some uh, want to visit the business social site, et cetera. You know, we're, we're actually talking about how we're going to customize our messaging to each associate in the organization so that we deliver the messages that they need to hear in the most effective manner. And if we're successful in that, obviously, we're going to share it across the organization and let the other organizations that need to deliver messages to our associates participate as well. But, but I like to think of it, you know, back to our discussion about marketing. This is a marketing problem. We need to get some messages to our associates and we need to be flexible in terms of thinking about how we're going to do that. We have to be thoughtful that we don't creep them out by learning too much about them too fast and and uh, and letting you know them you know if we tell them you know our research shows that if we text you at 3:35 on a Friday afternoon um, you will in fact read the text message you know that may creep some people out so we got to think about how we're going to be uh, you know uh, transparent in, in rolling this out but but that said. Um, I think there are a lot of a lot of techniques that we can learn from what's happening in the internet and in digital marketing that we can apply to our internal communications. That's a that's a bit of a pet project of mine and something we're thinking about as we go forward. Okay, we have uh, we've only got about just over ten minutes left, which is a shame because we could go on for a long time here. But we have a question from Wayne Anderson. This is this is the thought provoking one, who says. Uh, when the impediment in the business partnership is security, does your approach change? You know, security is of the essence for all of us. And having worked in financial services where it actually was real money on the wires, um, you know, I am highly sensitive to this solution. It is a dangerous world and it's getting more dangerous. So we don't take this lightly at all. Um, I think it is a combination of multiple things. First of all, you have to have world-class technology and take all the technology steps that are reasonable from a business perspective to ensure that you're secure. You have to have a frank and candid exchange with your business partners about what the technology trade-offs are. Often it's ease of use. Uh, often it is um, customer engagement and um, finding the right balance between accepting business risks in the process and uh, turning away customers is going to be an ongoing challenge. Uh, you need to be constantly looking at those processes and those implementations independently from people outside the teams and probing for weaknesses. You need to be engaged with others around the industry to ensure that you're learning from current best practice. You need to hire the best people you can afford and uh, give them the the tools and the freedom to do their job. Uh, there are no easy answers here. I think it's one of the most difficult uh, problems facing us in IT organizations right now in terms of the breadth of the problem. Uh, so I don't want to make light of it at all. But um, applying some of the techniques I've described and ensuring continued rigor and focus is, is important for all of us to continue. I won't say there are any easy solutions here. Okay. Uh, 
again, in the spirit of the fact that we're that we're that there are a lot of things I want to talk with you about, but soon we're going to run out of time. Uh, so, when I have spoken with CIOs like uh, Kim Stevenson from Intel, for example, here on CXO Talk, and I and and you and I have had this conversation. You have to begin with what she calls operational excellence. In other words, if you want to be taken seriously and have a, a be respected by the business and have credibility, you need to deliver your projects on time. So maybe tell us the 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 platform for CIO credibility and IT relevance. Yeah, you, the, I would say for me, it's been sort of the journey we've gone through at Red Hat. You have to first, you have to deliver appropriately reliable production. That may be five nines. That may be 97%. It depends upon the application, depends upon the requirements, but but you have to deliver appropriately reliable um, applications. As I like to say, nobody wants to have a strategic IT conversation if the email server is down. So you, you need to start there. Then you need to have predictability and appropriate risk management in your projects. You need to get transparency, visibility. You need to know the status. You need to know what happens when a project goes red and how you're going to recover and develop the confidence. And by the way, train your business partners. We do almost all agile now. So train your business partners to get comfortable with your project methodology. They may not be familiar with that level of engagement, for example, so that you're now in a mode where you can get the basics right. And you need to never lose focus on those. The expectation is there that production will run and you'll be able to deliver projects. If you backslide in those areas, you're going to get back into a set of conversations you don't want to get into. In parallel, and based on those successes, you then need to think about how you're building partnerships. Some of that can be serendipity. New organization needs some solutions, comes to IT and asks for help. Some of that can be conscious marketing and, and allocating resources to build partnerships across the organization. You have to do this, in my opinion, for all of your partner organizations, but they'll occur at different speeds and different paces uh, depending upon the, the level of available funding, the priorities their willingness to partner, your internal culture, all of those things will be drivers. Assuming you've been successful to that point, then you need to think about where am I going to lead the organization, not just IT, but the entire organization. For us, we've established a couple of technology-based initiatives right now where we want to be the leaders in making Red Hat increasingly data-driven as we move from reporting to analytics to predictive analytics, thinking about what IT can do to facilitate that process and make us even better at managing our data in the organization. And another opportunity that we see in leading the organization is improving our associate productivity in terms of tools, in terms of training, in terms of good advice, in terms of providing appropriate consulting and so on. So those are examples where I think the four steps that I think of it as baseline production, baseline projects, partnership, and then enterprise leadership is the simple diagram that I keep in my mind when, when I consider what we're trying to accomplish. So when you are thinking about IT activities and plans and strategies, this four-step model that you described, is, is this really firmly in your mind? Absolutely. And, and thinking about where we are along that continuum with each of our partners and how we continue to move up the, what we think of as a pyramid, move up that pyramid with each of our partners internally uh, is, is very much how I think about the world in terms of delivering services to Red Hat. And how much do you communicate this pyramid to people both inside IT as well as outside IT? 
the dialogue is very much driven by the business and what their business needs are. So depending upon how they want to think about the world, we may be having strategy conversations about products. We may be having strategy conversations about marketing campaigns. We may be having strategy conversations about associate data or uh, enterprise culture, depending upon the organization. I don't know that we render it. I mean, we certainly show the diagram from time to time in one fashion or another in our conversations with our partners. But I think we add the most value in the organization by talking in their terms and prioritizing our requirements within their business framework rather than imposing the IT framework on them. So you're not shoving an IT framework down their throat. You're using that to guide your actions in the context of what the business wants from you, what their needs are. That is correct. And the things that, frankly, that we want to push them on aren't IT things. We want to push them on business things. We want to push them on things that we think are going to drive more revenue, reduce costs, make us a more successful enterprise. That's to all of our benefits. If I'm pushing them on an IT methodology issue or something, you know, something like that, that actually isn't going to give us the most benefit either in IT or in the enterprise over time. Wow, you're giving us a fast education, and we have just uh, literally a few minutes left. So let's talk about innovation and working with startups. So, so tell us about innovation at Red Hat and the role of IT in helping drive innovation. Yeah, I, I think Red Hat is very fortunate to have great communities of open source developers that give us a tremendous innovation engine, and IT participates in in several ways. We consume the Red Hat products and to a lesser degree projects. We typically consume products, not projects in IT for the same reasons we encourage our customers to do so. Our IT folks are able to participate in projects outside the enterprise and in fact sponsor their own as well. So um, I, I think the innovation engine for Red Hat IT uh, starts with the innovation engine for Red Hat, which is this community development model. In addition to that, we do the same things that most IT organizations do. We listen to uh, small organizations with interesting ideas. Um, we uh, talk to uh, promising vendors. We talk to our existing vendors. We talk to our customers and others about the tools they're using to solve similar business problems and to uh, solve similar IT problems, and we learn from that. Uh, we're fortunate to be in a fairly aggressive mode of bringing new associates into Red Hat. So we learn from the, the new people that join us, how things worked in their former enterprises and what their opinions are and, and share those pretty broadly across the organization. We've got several vehicles that we use for exchanging ideas that I alluded to earlier. Um, and because we are a tech company, it comes, all that comes pretty naturally to us. So, so um, you know, a lot of our internal discussion lists revolve around emerging technology. We have a lot of enthusiasts. So a lot of our internal discussion lists revolve around emerging technologies, the types of trends that we're all observing. It's great because it's around the globe. So we see not just a U.S. view or an East Coast view, but a global view of that. So for all those reasons, I think we, have, we tap in pretty cleanly to a lot of ideas and sources of innovation. And you're a sponsor of a uh, partnership with Citrix around this as well, aren't you? Here in Raleigh, uh, we are a co-sponsor of the Innovators Program. We have a dozen. In fact, I sat uh, through the uh, the pitches yesterday 
a, a wide range of uh, solutions, uh, very interesting, from pain management technology uh, to uh, desalinization hardware uh, to uh, uh, mining uh, the uh, output of uh, coal uh, plants and a, a variety of other uh, uh, technologies as well. So just fascinating. But yes, we co-sponsor. We actually have a team. Uh, one of our teams uh, from Red Hat is engaged in that innovators uh, project, and they're looking at tools that may enable us to make developers more productive by finding them the answers to their problems before they look for them by monitoring their activity, monitoring the log files in the development and production environments, and pre-identifying potential solutions so they don't have to go out and search for the fix to each of the individual problems they encounter. It's, a, an, industry, it's an interesting concept. I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out. Okay, we're just a, we're, it's, we're really done, but let me ask you one final question. What advice do you have for technologists, for CIOs, for folks in IT who want to contribute more strategically to their business organization, to their company? Yeah, don't lose your IT skills, don't lose your passion for technology, but realize you're a business person. Find out everything you can about your business Find out everything you can about your business's challenges and opportunities and apply your unique perspective as a technologist to addressing those business challenges. And I think you'll do just fine. So really uh, take what you already know, the technology, but enhance enhance that knowledge with deep understanding of the business side. That's correct. And if that means investing in a business education or learning something about finance or marketing or sales or whatever it might be, you know, think about that because I think having that combined business and technology background now is a very powerful set of skills, as I say, as we shift to this information-driven economy. And so uh, that plus the benefit of the lifetime, hopefully the lifelong learning skills you'll acquire as part of the process, I think will uh, will pay dividends. Well, Lee Congdon, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It's been such a a rich conversation, and I wish we had a lot more time. I do, too. I enjoyed our conversation. Everybody, we have been speaking with Lee Congdon, who is the Chief Information Officer at Red Hat Software. This has been episode number 139 of CXO Talk. Next week, we're talking with the CIO for the Federal Communications Commission, as long, along with a colleague from the Department of Defense, and we're going to be talking about change agents in the federal government. So thank you for watching, and please come back next time. Thank you.